0: So today I said we were going to talk about advanced modeling, and I sent out an article that I that was written quite a while ago, by the way. It was by uh, it was on Tony Robbins. I think it's on his website. So I gave full credit. Um, hey, girl,
1: that's
0: and um, oh, he, uh, make sure you mute yourself, by the way. Uh, so you know, and he talked about his mentors. You know, this thing was on modeling. You know. And, you know, so those are the people, his closest mentors were the people like he modeled, if you will, right? And he mentioned, you know, Jim Rohn, um, uh, John Grinder, not Richard Bandler, everybody forgets. I mean, he was, I knew he went to Bandler stuff, but he really was impacted by Grinder. And then um, uh, the last one was Peter Gruber, who's a, a Hollywood guy, movie maker. It's kind of interesting when you look at his models, you know, Jim Rohn, very businesslike, ran seminars. That's where the first part of where Tony learned how to do seminars, right? I mean, if you want to model someone, there's that was he, he had a skill set. He was, you know, he went he was hanging around with Jim Rohn and he, he, he's an avid reader and studier and he took classes Uh, and then he got into NLP. But he came into NLP. Uh Early 80s, about saying a little bit around when I did, a little bit, maybe a year before. But he came in knowing the seminar business. Most of us get into this world having no clue how to run a seminar business. He understood how to run a seminar business. People go, what made him different? Well, he came in thinking like how to run a business, how to do the seminars. And he had a good model. Jim Rohn was the biggest guy in in the 70s doing those motivational speakers. And what he brought to the table with the NLP that he got from uh, Grinder and a few others was not just a motivational speech, but some steps to actually implement it. If you listen to a lot of I like Jim Rohn stuff or Zig Ziglar's there, but it's that I just call it like rah-rah motivational stuff. You need to check out from the neck up. You need to work harder than everybody. You need to do their yeah. No way how to do it. But information, I mean, you go there, you get, you know, you get motivated, right? Uh, but they don't teach you the steps to get there. And I heard him speak in the, in the mid 80s, early 80s when his career was taken off is he said, you know, what the NLP did was give him the framework and simply simple replicatable steps to implement what the motivational speakers were talking about, right? Which is different. You know, I know down here, I think next week, um, sometime coming up, they're doing one of those. I don't know. I call them rah-rah seminars where it's like all these great motivational speakers, you know, and I like some of them, you know, uh, David Goggins is there and a few others. Right. But, you know, it's when it's a full day and it's only whatever. and, uh, And it's like. You know, and they actually call, you know, and I saw it online. I I asked a question. So they've actually been calling and I'm like, I'm really not um, motivated to spend $200 to sit in a room with 10,000 other people to hear a 90-minute upsell for what they're offering. Right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's just my opinion. But anyway, but some of their stuff, right? They're just going to give It's that motivational, good, good stuff. Great. But again, what Tony Robbins, um, from hanging around with Jim Rohn on how to do a seminar, how to structure a seminar, and he brought into NLP something a little different. Uh, you know, he took the NLP and he took it uh, in a different direction because they most of us still do this. We teach people how to do NLP and how to become an NLP practitioner. Right? that's what we do. If you're running a class, we do the work with client. Right? Tony Robbins went, no, 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 no. Most people walking in the door want to change. They don't want to learn how to do this. Right? They have not. That's irrelevant. Right? It's they're coming there, you know, to the fire walk or date with destiny, whatever program he's doing there, to experience a personal change. Right? And it was kind of so he brought that in. Right. Where most of us were teach and still teach like how to do it. Here's the steps. If you've ever been to a Tony event and I suggest everybody should go. It's a lot of fun. Right. It's it. He does it to the group. Right. That's what he does. You know, and he has like people running around helping. Most of them are incompetent, but they're they're there because they get to go to the seminar for free. They don't know how to. And he doesn't teach the steps. Right. But that's OK, because look at the results, right? Look at the results. Thousands of people in the room, you know, massive fans and everything else, because that's what people want. And his career really shifted when he started and hanging around with Peter Gruber and took everything from, you know, the analytical business model of, of um, Jim Rohn, added the NLP steps. Then he got into what Gruber does, which is storytelling. Everything's a story, right? That's what a movie is. It's a story, a television show, whatever, right? So if you've ever been to a Tony event, it's a lot of stories, right? It's not step step one, we do this, step. He might do that a little bit, with a couple of things I've been to, but it was mostly he'd tell a story, right? A dramatic story, right? He took, and don't forget, he grew up in Hollywood. So that was his, you know, I think he went to Hollywood High so you know it's a different mindset different group it's people in the business and and that so those are the people he modeled right and so when you're looking at modeling you know when we look at modeling you know most of us uh think about the things that we can do the techniques or the the behaviors if you will you know what behaviors can you add right that's what a lot of us will do when you're gonna pick a model. Like if you're gonna do a new behavior generator, which is supposed to be a modeler, right? Which is watch your movie, watch your model, watch this person, you do what you wanna do, give a speech or close more sales, whatever it is. So you're, most of us model a behavior, right? That's what we do, We, have, you, you know, the new behavior generator, Maxwell Maltz, which they got that from Maxwell Maltz Theater and Mind. Uh, technique from uh, Psycho-Cybernetics. You know, it's it's a behavior, right? And you could do the behavior. Nothing wrong with doing the behavior, right? But if you've ever done that, like a new behavior generator for someone like to eat healthier, right? Okay, see yourself, you know, there's your model, whoever it is, your friend who eats healthy, who's, you know, eats whatever it is, right? Doing that or exercising, right? If maybe you've had this experience, you walk through somebody doing that, And they leave there, and you ask them in a day or two, maybe the next session, in a week, how you doing? I'm doing great, right? They're doing the behavior. But to be honest, does the behavior last? Does the behavior last? Uh, Maybe it does, but I've seen it not last very long, right? Because you're doing a behavior without... The beliefs and the attitudes—you know—if you want to say that attitudes, things like that—that that drive that behavior. There's a lot of difference between exercising, just going to go exercise to exercise because you're you're modeling someone that's exercising, and someone's belief that they have to exercise, right? And we don't generally most people don't install the beliefs and the attitudes, so if they're going to do like. The new behavior generator where you're watching a movie, you see your model up there doing whatever. Most trainers to this day don't install the beliefs. What beliefs drive that person? Why, you know, the way we do it at NFNLP and the people I train is look behind the model, the movie of your model if we're gonna use the new behavior generator. So you're watching the movie you kind of look through it, and you see what attitudes, values, and beliefs is driving that, right? And if they're going to pick a model, they may, that model may tell them what makes them exercise religiously, right? So do you want to adopt those beliefs and those uh, even values, right, attitudes? Right? You may or may not. So you're you're modeling the behavior, but then you have to break down and add in some of the beliefs. It's a big difference. If you have the beliefs, the behavior will become, I don't say set necessarily second nature, but it's it's much more likely you'll do it because that's just who you are. It becomes it even goes into your identity, right? Um and if you if you know someone who I would call A uh, chronic exerciser, I want to say that, like addicted to exercise. And I kind of fall into this one. They exercise no matter where they're at. They'll find a way. Because it's their belief set. Part of who they are. You know, we hear people all the time, and maybe you've had this if you've had weight loss clients. Well, you know, I'm pretty good on working out, but I'm going on vacation, so I know I can't work out. Why not, right? We have Nadine here. I've heard when I had my clinic rocking in Florida there, it was like people go, well, you know, I'm doing good, but, you know, I'm going on a cruise. Yes. Well, you got to, you know, you're going to overeat and you can't exercise on a cruise. Really? I think every big cruise ship has a gym, you know? Open 24 hours, a lot of them, you know? And if you choose to, you can eat healthy. You uh, my friend came back from a cruise and he was like, I don't know what happened. We gained all this weight. I go, what happened? He goes, well, we go to like, like an early breakfast, then a brunch, then we go to lunch, then we do the, whatever the thing is after lunch, then we do dinner and then go to the midnight. I'm like, Jesus Christ, dude. and he wasn't an exerciser, you know, I love the guy, but you know, that's called recipe for fatness. I can, I can outline this for you, right? <laughs> and, you know, um. So anyway, if you know someone that does that or in business, what are the beliefs that drive it? You know, if you're going to have somebody want to want to make more, uh, you know, do do better in their business. It's not just the behaviors that they do. Right. It's what are the beliefs that drive that behavior? Right. What are the beliefs that drive that behavior? And a lot of time, like I said, a lot of if they're picking a big model, someone that's written books or done videos, they usually kind of tell you what their beliefs are. Right. If someone needs to make more sales. Right. And they do like calls. Right. It's easy to see a model of your, you know, someone that's good at telemarketing, make the 100 or 200 calls a day. Right. That's I mean, you could you could see that in a movie in your mind and run it. Right? But what are the beliefs that drive it? That they have to call. You know, when I ran that one addiction center, the guy also had this uh company that uh they had a telemarketing division for another business. And um, uh, I, I was talking to a few of the successful telemarketers, and and the one guy kind of summed it up, and he's been there the longest, right? Because they a lot of telemarketers come. So my, the guy that was doing that asked me to, like, what, what's the difference? These guys come in, they're talented, they're skilled on the phone, and they're, eh, you know. Um, but his belief was he had, didn't want to, he had to make those 100 calls a day, right? Yeah, and as uh, Bruce just flipped in there, you know, always be closing and all that, right? Whatever that belief set is, you know, coffee is for closers. You know, and and this guy had set up all these little belief activities in his head that drove him to make the phone calls. Right? Or whatever it is. I mean, whatever the behavior is, you know, what are the beliefs that drive it? Beliefs, attitudes, and values. Right? So we can add that by adding it to, like, the new behavior generator. So you could do the new behavior generator, see your model do it, right? And and also, too, one thing if you look at like Tony Robbins and some of the other people, right, that are successful, they usually have multiple models that bring different different aspects to what they want. Again, I like that Tony article because it points three different things. You know, Jim Rohn doing the seminars, how to structure a seminar. Um you know John Grinder on the physiology of being in a power state and then Peter Gruber on being telling emotional stories right I'm gonna sum that up right so three different people that he brought into the to the genre right and so he had each one built on the behavior of being a better you know uh speaker right so it's kind of cool And also, no, he added another person uh, called Warner Earhart, right? Which was the guy that came up with EST, if anybody knows EST, you know, the long seminars, controlling movement, right? It, It was back in the day, they literally locked you in the room, right? You had to, I mean, you could leave, but if you leave, you weren't allowed back, right? Everybody can make fun of that. It was very effective in the 70s, right? Well... Tony took a, some of that, right? Which was, you ever been to a Tony event? And I, you know, our dear friend Tony. They start early. It mean back in the day, he used to do it all. Now he like comes in for two, three hours, four hours of crack. But still, they start early in the day and they go very late, right? They go eight, ten hours before they would give you a break to go eat. Now they tell you you can bring food, and you see. People that go to a lot of seminars, they, they have their little backpack, to, to, to you know, to do that, but he's controlling your movements. Okay? Now, I think he got that from Warner Earhart, right? And then, of course, when he's doing his upsells, it's always late at night. You know, if you start at 8 in the morning and it's now 10.30 at night, you know, you're coming back the next morning at 8, right? Would you say you're in a receptive state? No. And he tells emotional stories late at night. And he does embedded commands, which he got from hypnotists, a little bit John Grinder, right? John Grinder liked embedded commands. He was very popular. You know, and Grinder and Bandler, you know, it's like, so if you've ever seen this, like, you know, you're late, you're tired, okay, take a deep breath, close your eyes. You know, it's 10 30 at night, you've been there since eight in the morning, right? And then people come out and go, he's a great hypnotist. No, your ass was tired. He's a good hypnotist, but. You, you were tired. And then, you know, he tells an emotional story. Access the emotions. I mean, he was very good at taking all of these things we talked about. You know, the Peter Gruber telling the emotional story, which you know, movies motivate you. Adding in the beliefs and then doing the behavior. And giving direct commands. As you see yourself at the next seminar. As you see yourself at the next seminar when you sign up for mastery university, right? It's like really kind of cool stuff. Well, he got all this from different people. Right? And so, but also the thing, another missing ingredient, right? We got, you know, is these beliefs and attitudes, this part, right? We can end that. But what a, what what behavior, I'll say, do you need to eliminate? Right? Sometimes, you know, to use the Michelangelo quote, you know, it's it's the rock he took away that made the beautiful statues. Right? It wasn't adding more rock. But a lot of us, when we wanna make a change, we want to model somebody, we're gonna get the behavior, right? We wanna add a behavior, right? Maybe we'll maybe it'll change the beliefs, but is there something that maybe that you need to give up, that maybe your model gave up, right? I, know, I don't know. But sometimes it's, you know, if somebody wants to get in really great shape and have six-pack six, six pack abs, you could model doing the exercises. You can model the beliefs, the attitudes, and the values, right, of, of doing all that. But one behavior, it might be you have to give up that um, late-night dessert, Or whatever it is you have to give something up sometimes it's the things you give up that that change you more than the things you add oh you know? that makes sense to everybody okay. i mean ask anybody in recovery from a substance abuse issue giving it up was what defined them you know and then some of the behaviors then they might add going to meetings or therapy or doing all this other stuff but sometimes you know it's what you this is what you add, but sometimes what you remove, right? It might be the excuses, right? It might be the giving yourself the permission, fail, right? So, you know, what do you need to add? Good, down here, but what, like what does your model not do that you do? Right? So it's not just add those other things. Maybe you need to take away um, certain aspects. Right? So that, you know, that's the part that, you know, I started adding this because I think it's very important. You know, I don't think, I know I don't think about it till someone else pointed it out. Right? And, and so... It's kind of, to me, it's kind of interesting. This makes sense to everybody. Okay. Come and remove my pin. We could talk. This, I'm going to talk one more thing, little thing, and then we'll do a technique. But some feedback just makes sense to everybody. What you add, a behavior that you can, that's easy to model, like run into whatever it is. But what beliefs drive it? You know, somebody wants to run a marathon. Well, you could model running the marathon, but if you don't get the beliefs that you have to run the hundred miles a week, you're you're probably not going to do good at the marathon if you ever go, right? If you don't remove the things that is, you know, going to bed, staying up late, so you don't have time to get up early to go do your run before work, whatever it happens to be. So, you know, I think we, and I know I have a tendency to overlook that. The only reason I started thinking about it again is I honestly was doing some consulting stuff with addictions places and it's like oh yeah it's the shit you don't do like drink smoke <laughs> so feedback somebody want to make a comment tough career. no yeah. I, I have a comment Yes, I don't know if uh, I and mean, this is just maybe a personal thing I don't know if have to or must is language that I really resonate with like for exercise i don't think i have to do it i just do it if that makes any sense it's not really i mean i, I suppose in some sense i i have to do it but i i just well I it's it. it that's just the language that i you know but there's people that want to exercise they know they feel good if they exercise but they never exercise and they'll say, I don't know why I don't. Anybody ever had this if you tip it? I don't know why I don't. I, I feel so good when I'm leaving. It's not a must for them. Hmm. Um, you have kids or pets, must you feed the your kids? They whine if you don't. Right? My dog gets mad at me. Right? Damn dog eats better than us. Anybody got pets? Anyway, um, so that's, that's just the words I use you know, and, uh, so maybe there's, and it becomes part of your. So, so, uh, it makes me think about the fact that I've been, I've been meditating since I was in my twenties and people say, well, why do you do this? And well, you tell you know, have having the beliefs line up with why you do something. Well, one of the things that inspired me was these old, old yogis and Buddhist guys are going, Hey, You know, uh, next week at at 3.30 in the afternoon, you're going to have tea, cookies, and then I'm I'm leaving. And and there's many people on record doing this. And so people say, why do you keep doing this? I said, because I don't have that skill yet to tell you when I'm checking out, so I'm going to keep doing it. (laughs) That's a different mindset. I'm checking out next Friday at 7, you know, at 4 o'clock. So, yes, I'm going to Vegas.
2: No. <laughs> so, 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 Doc, I got a question for you, man. So, yes, question. Yes. so, for the modeling for a person, right? So, so, we model the behaviors, which is fine. But then you model their beliefs that they're actually thinking, or, or else the beliefs that to get your goal, or the, or else are we modeling their belief system?
0: Their What beliefs drive them to do the behavior that you're trying to model?
2: Gotcha. And how do you find that out?
0: A lot of them. It, it depends on, you know, who the model is. If someone's modeling someone that has a social media presence and a presence and written books, they're in there. You kind of have to dig them out, right? Or you could just you you could postulate what you think those those behavior those beliefs are, right? So I that an open question.
2: Jesus, maybe you used it already. I'm so I'm so sad about it. Uh, let's use your dear friend Tony Robbins. So I know that you broke down the seminars of Rome,
0: the Grinder, the the, the physiology, then you focus on the story.
2: Then the blitz part you didn't really hit on that part. So so the blitz part that he could do just anything they can possibly do or yeah,
0: yeah. And that you could do anything if you break it down into small enough steps.
2: Gotcha. So I can chunk it. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay.
0: And he's an action guy. That is but that thinking, like taking happening. action. Yeah. Right. As I heard him say it, one or it was on a video. He was doing something from one of his big seminars, and it was somebody needed to do something. And um, he said, "Well, if I do this right, you're not coming back this afternoon. You're going to go take action on these steps." Right, which kind of was a really cool embedded command that like quit sitting, even though that's his livelihood, quit sitting in a seminar and actually go do something. Right. He also he also seemed to focus on doing for others and giving more back. You know his his belief system was that I guess that he learned from his models himself was that. When you give more, when you
1: give more away, when you do more, when you listen more, you know, when you're actually offering more than you're trying to take, which it comes back to, you know, tenfold or whatever. Does that make sense? Yeah. And, you know,
0: everybody, you know, you could. You have to look at it. And then, you know, what what beliefs and attitudes do you need to add? What beliefs and attitudes you need to get rid of? right? Is there some beliefs and attitudes you might need to remove?
2: So it's interesting. I'm one of the ones that are addicted to exercising. It's the endorphins that just kick in. Yet, and I'm a cyclist. So, you know, I go out cycling, I do my 15 miles, I'd be very happy. All of a sudden, I started putting my rides onto something called Strava. And you start to see other people, guys doing 60 miles a day, 40 miles a day. So you start kicking up your ride and you start going to 23 miles a day. And then all of a sudden it's like, I realized I stopped going out as often as I did because I was afraid of like going out for a 16 mile ride of disappointing others. And I had to go, hold it a second. You know, you forgot your original reason of your love for it. And I had to start visualizing how I felt when I got off my bike, when I got back home and like did that stretch. And it was just, and really what I started to do was I started to anchor. I started to like rub my thighs. So it was like before I went to sleep, I would like rub my thighs and think about my ride in the morning. I'd get up, I would just rub my thighs and I was able to visualize the outcome that I wanted so it put me back on track. So sometimes we think that we're going to disappoint ourselves. And even though we're going after the goal and the belief, et cetera, I had to, I had to like reprogram myself, I guess, for lack of another word. Yes.
0: Cool. That's leading into what I'm going to talk next. It makes sense. Yes. Miss Janice. You're muted or you're, you're, I don't know if you're muted. We can't, can't hear you. Nope. I like that Bruce. That uh, that made a lot of sense, you know, to be able to do some sort of anchoring, you know. Nope. Still muted. Miss Janice. Cool. Oh. Goddamn technology,
2: right? <laughs> Sign language of frustration. My headphones don't work. Let me unplug them. Let me see what happens. Sounds like
0: two words. <laughs>
2: headphones.
0: <laughs> anyway, while she's getting it fixed.
1: Um. That's weird. Well, it happens. There It is. Oh, you hear me? Yeah. Oh, okay. For, okay. I, so real quick. For me, I have to, I'm, I'm not a naturally uh, sedentary person. I like to move my body, like in dancing and stuff, but exercise. The only really exercise I enjoy is walking. But how I link it is to what I love to do more than walking, which is to do a uh, walking meditation. So I kind of link it to the meditation. So then it's not such a problem going, getting dressed and going out in the cold weather in New York and stuff. So,
0: And it's the the way our language represents, you know, we're in neurolinguistics, right? It's like there's a difference between, oh, I, get, I have to work out and the old, I get to work out. Right? There's a lot of people that would like to work out they can't. Mm-hmm. So. Or whatever. So I get to work out.
1: Plus, I live in a stairmaster. I have 15 stairs up, 15 stairs down. So I'm running up and down all day, anyway. Well,
0: let's add one more thing. Let me pin my. Which is, um, kind of goes with this, um, which would be not just this, right? Your behavior, your beliefs, and all that. We need all that, right? And then what you have to take away, right? But again, and he got this from Jim Rohn, if we're gonna use Tony Robbins, but we've heard it in other other areas. It's, you know, it's the, you've heard it said in general, right? It's the input, right? Equals the output right so what are you putting in your head right right you know reasons to work out reasons to eat healthy reasons to do other things what's the you know what's the input right so you got to control the input that goes back to the thing you might have to give up right like watching the news right or well it, anything that's negatively affecting you right so so yeah so you gotta Watch that. And then, also, he kind of got this from Jim Rohn, which is, you know, your circle of people that you let influence you, right? For other words, the people you hang out with, right? Right? People you hang out with. I mean, it was Jim Rohn said, you know, I think he was the first one that that I could find that said about, if I, if I know you're the five people you hang out with the most, and we know what their income is, levels, you you fall in that parameter somewhere right? with the, and I heard him say later toward the end, it, it, you know, unless there's like a one-off, like somebody that just happens to be super wealthy, but I mean, it said average, right? And this is true with other things people that like to exercise generally hang out with people that like to exercise right because they're doing active things right so so you know you know who's around you right and this again might go to uh things you have to remove right what do they say in business sometimes it's not who you hire it's who you don't fire you're running a business. It's the people you keep that, like, maybe you shouldn't keep, right? Um, so, are you know there there may be people in your life that you need to remove, right? Being in progress. Um. So so I'm getting feedback. Whoever just came in, make sure you mute yourself. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, are there people you have to remove? Right? And, again, if you're, if you you know, um if you want to eat healthy, I don't think you can hang out with people that constantly want to eat junk food. You know, they're just, it's just, right? And I default, this goes back to every a lot of what I do because it was my first therapeutic intervention and my first if you want to call it clinical specialty right which is addictions this is part of the big key of it you know as they say in the 12-step world you know who are your playmates right and what are your playpens I don't know. And I'll just make the statement. I've personally never seen it could be perceptual blindness or a selective blindness, by the way. But I've never seen someone that truly had a drinking problem just stop drinking and still like hang around the bars. It's just I've never seen it. I've heard hypnotists talk that they've had that success but, you know, with clients, but, you know, you know, what's your longitudinal study? And again, who are you hanging out with? If you're hanging around a lot of people that are partying in places where they party, it's a lot easier to do that behavior, right? So you need new playmates and new playpens, right? And again, maybe it's removing some of those people from your life, including sometimes family members, right? I know in this world of people who become personal coaches and NLPers and hypnotists, um, even if you didn't totally cut them out of your life, there were probably people you had to quit that were in your family that you just like, I don't want to listen to about this, you know, because why are you giving up this, you know, go get a real job or, you know, my friends that are actors talk about that. You know, the one guy I know that he's a very, I've met him a few times, working actor, he pops up. I just saw him on a movie last night from the nineties. Right. And he goes, the funny part was for, for 15 years, his family just made fun of him. You know, being a freaking loser, going out to L.A., trying to be an actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Till he gets in some big movies. And suddenly, they all want to be his buddy. <laughs> you know, can you get my nephew a get- Yeah, No, you know, he needs to like go learn how to. Boy, it was he goes, you know, he had to cut them out because all of them said, you know, he-, he couldn't make it. So maybe there's people you have to remove as well as people you can add. Well, and of course, the advantage we have, we have is in this day and age, we can we can have a virtual new cycle or circle of people who influence. Because our minds don't know the difference between a real or a vividly imagined event. Right? I mean, that's one of the bedrocks of hypnosis. Your mind doesn't know the difference. Right? Why you'll have your heart will race and you'll have a you'll be sweating if you're having a nightmare. Your your body's reacting as if it's real. So since your mind doesn't know the difference, what if at least in some area of your life you get a virtual group of friends who are doing what you want with the behaviors and the beliefs and that? So you know, so these become your mentors. Right? I would suggest if you could find a true mentor and hang out with them, that would be great. But you can also add some other virtual mentors, right? That can be in your, who's your circle of influence, right? So, you know, what are their, and that's the people you want to impress, right? Or they would, a lot of the people that are usually high achievers, at least I've noticed, maybe again, it's my perceptual blindness, they usually encourage other people to be successful, right? Because maybe they have that fundamental belief that your success does not damage me. You know, everyone here could write, we could all write a book on weight loss or whatever. They, it, It's not going to stop you from selling thousands or hundreds of thousands of your books. Right? It's the it's the difference between a competitive mindset and a cooperative mindset, right? Because again, when you look at like some of those big uh, speaker type, they seem to hang out together. Right? And just because, you know, the one I was at, at uh, the one, the uh, Date with Destiny, I think the second one I went to, Brandon Burchard, and a few other bigger names and motivational, they were there, right, hanging out. And by the way, they weren't comped in, right? That's another Tony belief. If you're, you're, you know, even those, if you ever go to that, especially Date with Destiny, if Dr. John's still in here, you always have that celebrity thing in front at a Tony event, right? Um, And he does not comp anyone in. When Oprah went, she paid, right? And somebody I know that worked for him he said, well, they were, why, you know, they were surprised that they, that he didn't comp her in. He's like, well, shit, she could afford it. She owns 27 damn mansions across the world. She could pony up 10 grand for a damn seminar, right? And he wouldn't take her, you know, you know. Um, and I heard uh, for that kind of thought too was, uh Anthony Hopkins, when he went to the thing in, in Australia, uh, he was impressed because they didn't comp him in. You know, he's Anthony Hopkins. It's like Oprah. It's like, you know, if you're into that world, that it's like, you know. So so that's a belief set he has, you know. Um, so anyway, who's your virtual group that you could create if you don't have one around you, Right. So so it's the things you add, the behaviors, the attitudes, the beliefs, right? Um, The things you remove, some of the behaviors, attitudes, and beliefs, that's the that part of it. So you're adding as well as subtracting. And then you need to get a circle of influence that will support whatever change that you're making. You know, whatever that change is. All right. I'll leave the recording on. Does this make sense to everybody?
1: I, agree. I have a question about uh, I think that if somebody gives up alcohol, because um, my husband owned a bar, a, a cabaret restaurant bar, you know, we were there, Um, you know, like, you know, he worked from eight in the morning till two in the, you know, eight o'clock in the morning till two, at, you know, after midnight. And I, I don't think that um, some people who have a true addiction is different than somebody who's drinking because they're bored or somebody's buying them a drink because with my husband at the time because he was the owner people would buy him a drink try to impress him and he got into a bad habit but he was able to give it up even while owning a bar so I think there's a difference between uh, an addiction you know somebody with a true addiction somebody who's just bored and drinking or tired and drinking right oh yeah Um, yeah. but
0: you know that's why I I go crazy in the hypnosis world where these people go, no, anyone. One session I can get them and then they can yeah. go to the bar. It's like, well, you know, I. Yeah.
1: But I mean, I, I don't think he had an addiction because he was able. Well, it's the
0: genetic. There's people that can go to uh, 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 Dunkin Donuts every day and have three donuts and it, they will never become diabetic. Yeah. And then there's so- others. They do that three days a week, a couple of years. They're on the insulin shot for the rest. Right. Of the-
1: right. But that is true. So you a true addiction is different than somebody just, you know, bored and drinking because they're working so many hours. And actually, what he did is he went to acupuncture. and well, gave Well, I'm just. Yeah, I don't know
0: I to. Yes, yeah.
1: I, I mean, I don't think he was addicted because he gave it up. It's not an addiction. It wasn't like it was well, not and, important enough. Uh, but it worked.
0: And I'll make a cold statement on the other side. There may be a cousin somewhere that drank himself to death because, well, he did it. I should be able
1: to do that. Just like the old
0: everyone that does smoking, they get the guy. Well, my uncle smoked till the day he died, and he was fine. Or he just crumpled up the cigarettes and threw them down. Well, good luck. Maybe it's that's different.
1: Yeah, I, yeah. I think that. Yeah, there has to be like difference. You know, we have to look for that though, and in, in hypnosis because. We're not trained for addictions in a lot of us. So we have to really yeah. define our, our expertise. Yeah.
0: Yeah. A, you know, yeah. And it's just, that's a different mindset. So, mm.
1: Mm.
0: cool. Any, anyone else? No. So who's going to be your virtual group? I'm going to, so just think about that. I do have a, let me pin my video. I want to close. My mentor, one of my mentors been yelling at me. Always close with a call to action, right? Make sure that, you know, if you're not already a member of the National Federation of Neurolinguistic Programming Facebook group, it's an open group, but you do have to ask questions to get in uh, to stop the spammers from coming in. Make sure you join that group and the working, uh, there's a hypnosis group. um, So join those so we can constantly put things in. I have classes coming up constantly. Go to uh, drwillhorton.com there's a list of classes depending when you're watching this when this is being recorded my next one is the memorial day weekend the 27th 28th one day i'm doing uh summon your hidden psychic abilities and then the next day i'm doing hypnotic, wow. storytelling, hypnotic wow. storytelling. and they kind of go together so you know wow. a storyteller has good intuition right um so anyway That's that. So there'll be a link below wherever you're watching this. If you want to go check it out, drwillhorton.com. And I'll see you soon.